Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Activists battling climate change, a former child soldier and health workers pioneering new treatments around the world are among thousands of participants who will gather in Salt Lake City next week at the 68th annual United Nations Civil Society Conference for a global conversation on building inclusive and sustainable cities and communities. Salt Lake City is the first city in the United States to host the annual conference outside of the UN headquarters in New York, reflecting the city's leadership and commitment on sustainability issues. We're going to talk about all of those issues uh, later in the program with uh, Vicki Bennett, Salt Lake Director of Sustainability in Baldomero Lago, who is Chief International Officer for Utah Valley University. Right now we bring on Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski. Mayor Biskupski, uh, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Uh, so uh, th- this is quite a coup, uh, the first time yep. uh, this conference has been held outside of uh, New York. Yes, it's very exciting, a uh, historic opportunity for our, our country and our state and our city. Uh, the UN Civil Society Conference has never been hosted by a city. It has been at the United Nations building in New York for many years, but it has been hosted by five other countries. So we are very excited to have this opportunity to host this particular conference and to dialogue around the theme of the conference, which is how do you build inclusive, sustainable cities and communities? So why was Salt Lake City chosen? Well, I think for a number of reasons. The city itself has been working very hard on um, creating a more sustainable community. We have invested in infrastructure. We are moving to 100% renewable energy. We have um, been working toward diversifying our economy. We play a global role in commerce, and we are working on how to elevate that conversation and be successful in doing so without creating additional pollution. Um, so there were several reasons we uh, landed on their radar. They did come to me as mayor a year and a half ago uh, to dialogue around this potential opportunity uh, to see if the city would be interested. and. Um, I met with former UN Ambassador John Price to talk about this and um, together felt like it was a prime opportunity for our city to host the world. And so we um, created a committee. The committee went back to New York a year ago and made a pitch for why Salt Lake City and Utah should be hosting this conference. And and lo and behold, they selected us. So it was really a remarkable experience. What, what were the, the top items on, on, in your pitch? What, uh, uh, you know, putting Salt Lake the best foot forward on sustainability issues? Uh, what do you think uh, Salt Lake City and, and Utah have accomplished that you, that you presented to them? Yeah, you know, our community here has um, worked with our energy provider, to create uh, a first-time-ever historic uh, franchise agreement with Rocky Mountain Power. 
That franchise agreement um, is enabling our city to go 100% renewable. It's the first type of franchise agreement in the country that uh, really elevated this conversation in a way that the rest of the country was watching. Um, and now we have several communities joining us in this endeavor, and Rocky Mountain Power is right there with us all the way uh, in pursuit of helping us clear the air by going 100% renewable. This uh, conference is about renewability. It's also about inclusivity. What would you say about that? You know, as a mayor for uh, my years here, but also as a legislator, I served in the Utah House of Representatives for 13 years. I have consistently been working on what it means to bring inclusivity and equity to communities that are marginalized. Um, and I think that work has carried over very heavily in the work that I do as mayor. We are really trying to elevate the visibility of how diverse our, our community is. And we do it in many ways, uh, through employment opportunities, through the arts and culture, through uh, really helping small businesses grow and expand that enable us to experience the real rich cultural diversity we have here. So we've, we've been elevating that visibility for quite some time and are really quite proud of it. But I will also say that with the state and the county and the city all saying we are a welcoming community when it comes to our immigrants, I think that is also a big visible um, partnership because we are not all from the same political party and yet we all agree that we want to be a welcoming community and we will continue to be a welcoming community. The What are the obstacles, do you think, maybe starting with, uh, you know, being a welcoming uh, community? Obviously, Trump administration is uh, wanting a more restrictionist immigration policy. Yeah, I and I understand that, and what I'm so grateful for is that the state is not following that lead, that our religious leaders here are not following that lead, that we here in Salt Lake City, who have always been welcoming, um, appreciate that partnership, that understanding of the value that our immigrants are bringing to our community and our state and the importance of keeping families together and ensuring that we are being mindful of how we treat one another. What's the perception, do you think, um, you know, welcoming community? Utah's a very, very Republican state. I think people are surprised sometimes that Salt Lake City is, uh, you know, not like the state in, in many uh, ways. Do you, do you see perceptions out there and do you see those changing? Yeah, I think that's partly why this conference was of interest to me and um, why Salt Lake City was of interest to the UN. I think at the end of the day, what you're seeing is um, the leadership of this community moving toward 
sustainability practices in a very marked way and and yet not um, stumbling because of the state. So the state has not been running interference. In fact, they've been helpful in um, the work we've been doing. We passed HB 411 last year. HB 411 allows for entire communities to opt into a renewable energy uh, opportunity all at one time. That is new and that is historic here. If you as a, a energy user decide you want to opt out and go back to coal or oil for your energy, you will have that opportunity. Um, but the work we're doing with Rocky Mountain Power is very unique and we're very grateful to them and the state. We do have to get through the Public Service Commission uh, with our plan. We think we have a very strong plan. It's been worked on with Rocky Mountain Power as well as people in this community who are experts to ensure that we are successful and we are well on our way to a remarkable shift in our energy in the state of Utah. Um, tell me a little bit more about that, uh, the, the agreement with Rocky Mountain Power, what that's going to look like. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> what's happening is um, we are working to um, move governments, community governments, whether it's a county commission or a city government, to 100% renewable first, and then the entire communities uh, to 100% renewable by 2030. So we have a strategy and a plan that we are working on with Rocky Mountain Power. That plan has to go to the Public Service Commission for approval, and then once we have approval, then we can move forward with implementation. But right now, um, everyone's still at the table and everyone still agrees we are on the right track. Well, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we will bring on uh, Vicki Bennett, Salt Lake's uh, Director of Sustainability, and Baldemaro Lago, who is Chief De International Officer for Utah Valley University. Um, and uh, Mayor Biskupski, I don't know what your schedule permits. Should you be able to stay a little longer after the break or...? be happy to stay for a little while. Okay, great. Uh, so we'll continue conversation with Mayor Biskupski as well. We're talking about the 68th United Nations Civil Society Conference. This time around, it's uh, Building Inclusive and Sustainable Cities and Communities will be the theme. Salt Lake City was selected to host this. It's the first time a city in the U.S. has been selected outside of the headquarters in New York City. Uh, so we'll be uh, talking about this. That conference is happening Monday through Wednesday of next week. More information, uh, you can go uh, to just uh, Google the United Nations Civil Society Conference. We'll have more following this break. Hi, I'm Steve Williams, host of Jazz Time here on Utah Public Radio. I hope you'll join me Sunday evenings for a journey through the world of jazz music, from ragtime to bop, from Havana to Logan, Utah, Tune in for a bit of history, commentary, the occasional interview, and of course, all that jazz. Jazz time, Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock on Utah Public Radio.
Are you looking for a way to make your nonprofit organization more visible to our statewide community? Utah Public Radio's community calendar highlights events across the state, including music concerts, live theater, classes, workshops, art shows, lectures, festivals, volunteer opportunities, and much, much more. Just check out upr.org and head to our community calendar page. There you'll find our user-friendly submission link and the submission guidelines. Thanks for listening to Access U Time. Tom Williams. We're talking about the 68th United Nations Civil Society Conference. A uh, big deal in Utah because it's being hosted in Salt Lake City this year. That's the first time uh, this uh, conference has been uh, hosted in a city in the U.S. other than the headquarters in uh, New York City. Uh, the theme this year, Building Inclusive and Sustainable Cities and uh, Communities. We have with us Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski. We bring on now Vicki Bennett, who is Salt Lake City's Director of Sustainability. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. And Baldomero Lago, who is a Chief International Officer at Utah Valley University. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Good morning to all. Good morning. Uh, so we have uh, Mayor Biskupski for uh, uh, another uh, few minutes. Uh, Mayor, just uh, let us know when you when you have to leave. Uh, so I want to start this segment with you again, Mayor. Um, what do you hope is the outcome of this uh, of this conference? What uh, I guess what's what's the top uh, top outcome you're looking for? Well, for me as mayor, I want to make sure that um, we are elevating across the country the value of developing your communities or your cities in a sustainable way. Uh, we have been very focused on climate change here. The same things that are causing climate change are also causing our air pollution. So in order for us to help clear the air and um, provide the ability for people to breathe easier, we have to address the climate change issues. And uh, as you know, Vicki Bennett is on the phone. Her and her team and my Department of Sustainability have been remarkable leaders on this front. Well, let me turn to Vicki Bennett. Uh, this some, uh, some ambitious goals. The, the mayor has mentioned uh, this uh, partnership with Rocky Mountain Power Total renewable energy uh, by 2030, is that doable? Yes, it actually, we, we see a pathway and we're really excited that we have a collaborative effort, uh, not only with the state having helped us get the legislation passed, that basically it's what we consider our enabling legislation that provides us a, a, a path forward. Um, we have been working very closely with other communities that want the same, to reach the same goals, and then Rocky Mountain Power, and as we talk to them, you know, they're very understanding in the fact that they say that, you know, the people don't want the old dirty energy anymore, and communities are asking for clean, renewable energy, and as customers of theirs, they are willing to help us meet that goal. Uh, the mayor mentioned uh, House Bill 411, uh, opt-in for cities on or uh, communities for renewable energy. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. And I guess you're taking advantage of that with your with this agreement with Rocky Mountain Power. Yes, that's correct. We actually uh, were one of the uh, sponsors of that bill, and what it, it's a it's a various 
stages to get there. Obviously, this is going to take some work. Uh, this bill basically set up the, the legislation that allows us to work with our utility to make these changes and to specifically request renewable energy. So any city that wants to participate in this process needs to pass a resolution by the end of this year, the end of 2019, stating that they want to have 100% renewable energy by 2030. At that point, that allows Rocky Mountain Power to know what load that they're going to have to start looking at to create for renewable energy. And it is a 10-year time frame which allows them to do that planning because on their part, it may require them to look at what coal-fired power plants get closed or reduced in um, amount of, of power that they're putting out? Do they have to build new renewables? And as they're doing that long-term planning, they're also understanding that you know, coal-fired power isn't as beneficial, not just from the uh, health aspects that we've always been concerned about, or even climate aspects, but it's getting more expensive than renewable energy. So with all of that in the mix, that's going to give them a long enough planning horizon where they can then decide, and working with us, how we can actually meet those goals. So, so it sounds like, you're making it sound like, uh, and I'll, I'll check with you to see whether my perception is correct, that this is kind of happening organically, that, that a growing number of people don't want uh, non-renewable energy, they're asking for renewable energy, and, and that the economics of this are shifting. Is that the case? That's exactly right. Uh, still still need for a push from government, do you think, or uh, what's, what's the role of government here? Well, the, our role is to, um, to pass the resolution and say that, yes, this is something that our citizens want, and then we will be working with Rocky Mountain Power, and we will need to pass specific regulations about how this works. Then we will, once we get far enough along where we see what the potential costs might be, and we're hoping that, you know, down the road there won't be any additional cost. We really feel like, you know, the uh, prices of renewables have dropped so much it could easily be a wash. But we would then complete some city ordinances saying that this is how this, you know, this program is going to run. And part of the legislation says that we do need to allow any citizen that just says, I don't want to be part of this, I want to stay on what we call standard offer, I just want the basic energy that Rocky Mountain Power provides, they will have the ability to opt out and not be part of this. So it really is a, a win for everyone because you know, the cities get to offer it to all residents, but if for any reason someone doesn't want it, they still have the right not to partake. I want to turn to Baltimore Lago, uh, who is Chief International Officer for Utah Valley University. I want to ask about that position. Do, do all universities have this? Yes, absolutely. Every university throughout the state, through the UC Ward, the Utah System of Higher Education, they have an international officer uh, on their campus. Uh, so what's your role? Uh, my role primarily is to connect our academic institution worldwide, uh, both ways, inbound and outbound. Uh, any international programs that can actually bring into the into the campus community, as well as to promote globalization uh, within our campus for our students to be able to 
become more global competent citizens. That's our primary goal. So globalization, you, you, the university sees that as a, um, as a benefit to the students. Um, we are actually approaching a different format on globalization. We call it the local to global. We understand that the state of Utah is um, very globally minded by many different initiatives coming from the state uh, in regards, for example, to the dual language immersion programs. We have thousands of young kids uh, learning a second language in, in K through 12 programs. We also understand that the governor is pushing for a global economy. Uh, we have over 4,000 international companies uh, in our backyard. And our soil, the state of Utah, is very global. And uh, we have a lot of individuals that speak a second language. We all understand that. Uh, we, even the governor says that we have over 132 people who speak another language, a second language at any moment in time in the state. So we, even far back west in the United States, uh, we have a very strong global presence uh, throughout the community and, and through all multiple associations. Uh, we do have a great uh, World Trade Center of Utah. We, we do a lot of things globally, and, uh, and we continue to promote that. We need to make sure that our students understand what global awareness and competency means, even, even right here in the state of Utah. Yeah, I want to. Um, the word global glo- globalization can mean a lot of different things, and in certain political circles, it's uh, become a, a bad word. Some people left behind in globalization of the economy. Uh, you. I, I completely understand that. However, I mean, or, or a surface, when we look around the state, uh, you cannot ignore globalization. And uh, as an academic institution, we are here to educate our students to be globally competent, uh, whatever that means, uh, political, non-political, business, relations, cultural awareness, whatever sector that you may find, uh, it is our responsibility as an institution to educate our students to be a, a culturally aware and inclusive primarily. I noticed that Utah Valley University hosted an NGO conference uh, fall of last year. Uh, NGOs heavily involved, I think, in this UN conference. Um, maybe talk, is, talk a little bit correct. about that, the, the role of NGOs. Yes, um, um, correct. Um, we um, organized on October 24th, which actually was um, United Nations Day. We organized a, a UN NGO conference on our campus. We invited... Uh, we have more than eight. Um, no, uh, we have more than six thousand NGOs just in the state of Utah, and um, they have a voice. And we need to be able to rally together and try to listen to them and work with them and support them in all possibilities in all ways. So we established this NGO conference uh, primarily to promote this upcoming United Nations conference here in the state of Utah. Um, people needed to be aware of this event, the significance, and primarily. Uh, the opportunity for them to have a voice. This is a civil society conference, so we wanted to make sure that they understood what uh, was coming and if they had any ideas, any workshops, any, any suggestions they could present as an NGO voice, uh, this would be the perfect venue to do that. And we have had a great response uh, from our own community, and we're looking forward to this major event that is happening next week. I want to turn back to Mayor Biskupski. This idea of, you know, the, the phrase, uh, think globally, act locally, um, I wonder if you talk a little bit about that, you know, and, uh, economic issues, uh, sustainability issues. Um, it's kind of a mix of uh, both, I would think, especially with this, you know, you think about this with this international conference coming to our local town, Salt Lake City. Right. Well, I think one of the things we have to keep in mind is when I came into office, um, 
the Trump administration showed up a year later and and was very clear about pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement. So the mayors at the U.S. Conference of Mayors really took up the mantle of making sure this country does its part when it comes to climate change and leading this country forward. So, you know, this thinking local and acting global really has come to that first level of government, and the mayors are leading, and they're happy to lead, because at the end of the day, we are feeling the ramifications of global climate change, and we have to deal with the catastrophic issues that are arising year after year after year, and not with a great deal of help from the federal level. Uh, in fact, I was reading here on on the website, uh, fifty some fifty something percent of people around the world live in cities, right? It's gonna and that's gonna be higher in in the coming years. Yeah, and I what you're also seeing now is we have probably close to seventy five million people in this country represented by cities who are already committed to going 100% renewable, just like Salt Lake City, and are working toward that end game by 2030. So with, you know, there's cities, there are states who are um, bypassing, you know, the pullout of the Paris Accords. Uh, what effect do you think that that will have? You know, at the end of the day, um, it's very clear that the world is watching the U.S. mayors do this work, and, and we are being asked to come speak at various conferences um, around the world uh, regarding the work that's being done here. In fact, I was recently invited to go to the next C40 summit in Copenhagen, and, and, you know, Salt Lake City is not one of the largest cities in the world. These are the 40 largest cities in the world that convene uh, to continue the dialogue around the progress being made. But when you have a community like ours that is so driven in making progress and then bringing other communities along, you know, this city was the 16th city in the country to commit to 100% renewable energy with the backing of our energy provider. Now there are well over 150 cities doing this work. And, and that was a big shift in our country that was led by U.S. mayors. Mm. If you just joined us, we're talking about uh, the United Nations uh, Civil Society Conference. That's an annual conference. This year, it's going to be held in Salt Lake City. That's the first time that's happened in the U.S. outside of the U.N. headquarters in, in New York City. That's happening next week, Monday through uh, Wednesday in, uh, in Salt Lake City. We have with us uh, Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski, Vicki Bennett, Salt Lake City Director of Sustainability, and Baldemaro Lago, who is Utah Valley University's Chief International Officer. If you have a question or comment, you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, I want to start with Mayor Biskupski and go around the panel here and, and ask about the youth track and, and, and what you think, what you're hearing from youth. Um, oh, we're so excited. <laughs> we're so excited. I think, 
I think our numbers today on registered uh, people for the conference are about 42% of those who are registered to attend the civil society conference are 32 and under. And during the conference, the youth will have youth caucus meetings every morning. They're fully participating in uh, the discussions throughout each day. They are, are working with workshops, and we have about 200 workshops over the three-day period. They also are working on uh, weighing in on the outcome. The outcome document from this conference uh, will be finalized on the last day of the conference, and then it goes to the General Assembly. The UN General Assembly meets toward the end of September, and they vote on whether to adopt our recommendations or not. So we're very excited about how many young people are saying, I want to have a voice and I want to weigh in on my future and the recommendations going back to the United Nations General Assembly. Uh, Vicki Bennett, what do you think about the, what are you hearing from, from youth on sustainability issues or, or issues uh, in general? Well, they are some of our strongest voices and the voices that we are encouraging to be as loud as they can get. Um, and they are organizing more and more. And I think one of the best things that we're able to do is help them, help them with you know, if it's anything from education to how to organize, um, our office always has a very strong intern program where we can bring in students and have exposed them to sustainability ideas and they can work on different projects with us. Uh, you know, it was exciting when we were at the Global Climate Action Summit in San Francisco last year again, listening to the youth, listening to them talk about what they are doing and how they're concerned for the future when it comes to, especially with us, climate change and what we're seeing happen already. And it, it's, it's a two-way street because at the same one time they are saying to us, yes, you know, we know we're going to have this facing us and we have to lead. And then we also have had youth look at us and say, you guys are the ones who messed this up for us. What are you going to do to help us? And it's, it really creates a, an excellent conversation that I think is going to move us forward. What What do you say? <laughs> what do that. you say? I to, know. To, yeah, to you the, can, your generation <laughs> messed things yeah. up. Yes, uh, yes, very apologetic. And, you know, and they're right. We, we have been... You know, it, our lifestyles have led us to this, and we have to all change. I think it's at the point now where we're seeing that strongly, and we can create more and more opportunities to do so. But we can't sit back and wait and expect them to solve all of this for us either. Baltimore Lago, what are you seeing when you interact with students uh, on climate change, economic issues, whatever issues? Is, is there different consensus building among the youth and then among the, the older people? You know, uh, as the mayor indicated, we are so excited to welcome um, many youth from many different corners around this world 
uh, we have worked closely with all academic institutions throughout the state to promote this event, and they have taken a very active role in the, in the organization and the planning. I mean, the fact that we have 42% of all the attendees uh, being youth is probably a very strong voice. Um, besides uh, um, working through the caucus meetings and also um, the youth will be leading one of the main thematic sessions as well, known actually the title of the thematic session is Creating Opportunities for Economic Success for Youth. Uh, they have a significant voice. They will be drafting a, a document actually called the Climate Action Plan and that will be presented to the conference at the end of Wednesday during the uh, closing plenary session. Uh, and that document will be adopted by acclamation by all the audience, by the youth primarily. And, and we need to understand the youth, according to the UN, are ages 18 through 32. So we'll have a strong presence uh, coming from 132 nations. So this is very unique for our state and what a great opportunity. Their own local students and individuals, I mean, youth from the community can participate and listen to their own peers and to bring up the issues that we're talking about on inclusion and on sustainability. Um, the state of Utah, the city of Salt Lake, should be well commended for this initiative. And uh, in addition to that, I just want you to know that the day before the conference, actually two days before the conference on Saturday, the youth will be welcome. The Utah, uh, the, the youth from Utah will be welcoming the youth from the from different par parts of the world, and they will already start having some very close activities that will deal with environment issues, uh, from cleaning parts, uh, the Jordan River, and so forth, so planting trees, and uh, multiple activities for them to engage in in this conversation. Uh, what a unique opportunity! That's all that I can say. Thanks. Uh, Dr. Lago, I'd like to uh, treat that this is uh, kind of tangential, but I think important to talk about. The, there are, in, you know, in certain circles, there's a deep skepticism about uh, global organizations like the United Nations and, uh, you know, great um, um, care and guarding what, what people see as national sovereignty. I wonder if you could talk to the, and I'm, I'm guessing you see the benefit of global organizations like the, like the UN. I wonder if you talk to that. Excellent question. Thank you very much for allowing us to address this topic. Um, the United Nations, as you know, is, the, is an organization made by 193 uh, member states. Uh, they all have a voice. Uh, um, this is not uh, this is an opportunity for everyone, and it's only one vote, and it doesn't matter from what country those are representing. But the the, um, the UN member states have that opportunity to express their voice in any issue and concern. It becomes like an arena of conversation. Now, as you understand, back in 2015, all the member states, and I say all the member states, agree on a sustainable development agenda. It's on a 2030 sustainable agenda with 17 goals. So the goal number 11 on the inclusion and sustainability is the one that we are addressing at this conference. Um, it is our responsibility as an academic institution to educate our community, to promote these goals. These are good, healthy goals. These are goals that will make our, 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 our communities or, or state uh, or, or nations and so forth more uh, sustainable, uh, more inclusive, and uh, will bring more peace into this conversation. If we don't discuss these issues, uh, we will never hear about them. We only hear whatever the media wants to portray on certain specific topics, perhaps discuss with General Council. But there's a lot of good work to be 
United Nations doing throughout the world when it comes to children, when it comes to educating, to, when, when, it, when it comes to uh, peacekeeping missions, to when it comes to bringing the world of peace. And, uh, and I think that this is the conversation that we can offer. We cannot invade anyone's uh, ideas, but we can present uh, topics for them to uh, read, to assess, to understand, and if they want to get engaged, uh, we'll be more than, than, than happy. Utah University became an accredited organization to the United Nations Department of Global Communication, and the whole idea is for us to have a voice in that arena at the UN. We typically take the students from our university and, and they present issues on the Commission Status Program, on the high-level political forums, and so forth. This is a great thing for us, even to say, to have a voice in this kind of conversation. Therefore, um, when it comes to the United Nations, yes, we are promoting the values of the Sustainable Development Agenda, and, uh, and I think that everyone should agree, should, should understand, and should get educated when it comes to how we can make this uh, society better. And it has to start within us. And it has to start within the academic institutions and with their own communities and with their own, within our own families. So that's what we are engaged in uh, when it comes to UN. If you just joined us, we're talking about the United Nations uh, Civil Society Conference so that's happening uh, in Salt Lake City. Uh, next week, 26th through 28th, Monday through uh, Wednesday, we have with us Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski, Vicki Bennett, who's Salt Lake City's Director of Sustainability, and Baltimore Lago Chief International Officer for Utah Valley University. Let's take another break and uh, come back with our last uh, segment. Can focusing on science and technology transform the way Americans think about the economy and the future of the nation's working class? They lost their manufacturing jobs. Nothing has come to replace it. This is a, an additional dimension about which people differ, and it, it feeds into some of our disagreements. I'm John Donvan. Join me in conversation with former IMF chief economist Simon Johnson on the next Intelligence Squared U.S. Friday morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members at Intermountain Healthcare, a not-for-profit healthcare system with 23 hospitals and 170 medical clinics located throughout the Intermountain West. Intermountain Healthcare also offers managed care under the insurance brand Select Health. Information at intermountainhealthcare.org. Hey, Lael, what's the deal with appetizers? You know, Jen, appetizers are those tasty little bites that whet your appetite for the main meal. Ah, so it's like our UPR segment, Bread and Butter. Tasty little radio bites about cooking, eating, and all the ingredients in between. We should invite the listeners to brunch. Good idea. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. for Bread and Butter, your locally sourced appetizer to the splendid table. Now there's a satisfying meal and all on Utah Public Radio. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are previewing the 68th United Nations Civil Society Conference. It happens every year this year in Salt Lake City. And that's happening next week, Monday through Wednesday. We have with us Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski, Vicki Bennett, who's Salt Lake City's Director of Sustainability, and Baltimore Lago, who is Chief International Officer at Utah Valley University. Uh, Mayor Biskupski, um, maybe some housekeeping on this. Um, Mayor Biskupski has, has left us. Okay, let me turn uh, to Vicki Bennett. You can uh, possibly answer the question. Uh, can anyone come to the conference? Um, unfortunately, registration has closed. Okay. But, yeah, the UN actually has uh, to go through a 
a, a vetting process for all registrants. So people who were re- wanted to register had to do that by a few weeks ago. Okay, so we'll, yeah. we'll look for the reports yeah. coming out of the conference. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about uh, some specific um, items, uh, starting with air quality. Um, what, what are you doing there in Salt Lake City? What do you think uh, more needs to be done? Well, in Salt Lake City, of course, we're in the uh, same situation as Logan with uh, a lot of the inversions and being in the bowl with the mountains around us. The major issues that we are facing are from um, automobile and vehicle pollution. And so we are, as a city, doing everything that we can to incentivize people to get out of their cars or drive cleaner vehicles. Um, Some of the specifics that we're working on right now are electric vehicle charging stations that are free to everyone. We have new bus routes that we just worked with UTA on, so we have more frequent bus service on some of the popular bus routes, and we actually have three new electric buses that we help purchase for for those routes. Um, We work on alternative transportation such as green bikes. Um, We're trying to make the community as walkable as we can and um, have more and more infill so that people can live and work next near one another so they don't have to commute as much. Obviously, this is something that is well beyond what just Salt Lake City can do. You know, the bowl that we live in, the airshed here has 18 different municipalities, and so we work closely with them on, you know, providing ideas and education. We hold seminars on energy efficiency, seminars on electric vehicles, and invite all of our partners from other cities to collaborate and try and find mutual solutions. Uh, Baltimore Largo, I want to talk uh, in kind of a globally about climate change and the importance of the effectiveness, I guess is my, my question, the effectiveness of accords like the Paris Accord. Uh, nations getting to, together. Uh, of course, uh, President Trump famously took the U.S. out of the uh, the, the Paris Accord, but now cities, uh, states, um, uh, you know, sub-nation groups are, are getting involved. Um, is the Paris Accord going to still be effective, do you think? That is an interesting question. I'm, I'm personally from, from Spain. Uh, as a European myself, um, you know our feelings towards alternative energies and, and especially about this accord. Um, I think that a lot has to be done in this country. I think we need to continue to educate our community on the impact and, and the consequences that we're leaving. Um, uh, just, just, just watch around us. Uh, just see uh, the different climate and look what's happening in Europe just this past uh, summer. When it came to the um, to weather conditions in Europe, uh, the, you know, I think they, the hottest days on record in the history of many nations in France and Belgium, Germany, Spain, and some other ones. Um, uh, I believe that our community and just I and I support our mayor uh, wholeheartedly here. I think that we need to continue to have this discussion and uh, rally support from all different angles throughout our community and throughout our state and raise our voice of concern when it comes to climate change. Change. Um, I'm very grateful that the youth uh, for for this conference, the United Nations Conference, uh, one of the main goals is to uh, outline and to draft the document called the Climate Action Plan that will be presented at the uh, Climate Action Summit of the United Nations that is going to be uh, hosted by Secretary General Guterres uh, prior to the General Assembly that will also take place in September. 
Uh, I've seen that within our own community. Um, there's a lot of strong voices supporting this initiative. Unfortunately, we need to continue to work with our local governments and especially here as well in Washington to uh, to understand what the community uh, has raised. What are some of those concerns being presented? From the academic institutions, we do have sustainability um, uh, programs and projects, especially I can speak on behalf of Utah Valley University, but, uh, in the Department of Science, and even as a whole university, we have a very strong effort when it comes to sustainability. Um, we are making our campus very sustainable, and we are very aware and uh, of, of the, the consequences, and we're actually implementing some of the basic concepts and principles that we all, as citizens, we, we need to address. Uh, from from electricity to recycling to, to the very basic uh, nature. So um, we are supportive, and, and we hope that we can continue this dialogue with our local leaders. I'll turn back to uh, Vicki Bennett, uh, who is Salt Lake City's Director of Sustainability. Uh, I want to ask first about this uh, perceptions of uh, climate change. So human-caused climate change, uh, scientists are uh, in uh, great consensus about this. They're... You know, you look at the polls, and um, not everybody's agreeing with this, uh, you know, among citizens. Um, so Salt Lake City, uh, a liberal city, I imagine there would be a agreement about this. What about Utah? What do you see, especially among the legislature? It looks like uh, things like House Bill 411 would indicate that many legislators are agreeing that uh, human-caused climate change is real. Well, and, and it is an unfortunate fact that the reason more and more people are accepting the science is because they see it, and we are seeing stronger storms. We have excellent data showing the number of degree days that were above a certain certain amount. For example, if you look at the number of days, Tooele is over 90 degrees three decades ago, and now has like more than doubled. So looking at data like that, people are realizing that it is happening. And that, in a way, is almost too late. But like I said, the good news is that people are seeing, and that makes them believe it. Um, Our legislature did pass a resolution uh, two years ago saying that, you know, accepting that the, the climate was changing. And it was the first step. Last year, they actually budgeted $200,000 for a study where the best minds in the room would come together and make recommendations as to what could be done, both to look at climate issues and air quality issues in the state. And that's being done right now. It's run by the Gardner Institute. Uh, It's a panel of absolutely excellent researchers, policy people. Um, I've been there and been very encouraged by the knowledge in the room and the fact that, you know, when this is done, we're going to be able to bring back a report saying, here are the things that we really, you know, actions we really feel would be needed to uh, help not only prevent future climate change, but improve air quality and make us more resilient to what's happening already. You know, we're seeing that people who are you know, less, lower income, communities of color, quite often they live in areas that have worse air pollution because they might be near freeways or near refineries. How can we start, you know, making it a more equitable world for them? We just have about uh, four minutes left in the program. Uh, before I get final thoughts from both my guests, 
Uh, Vicki Bennett, I'd like to have you talk a little bit about food security issues. Yes. Um, in Salt Lake City, we find that, like, like in most large cities, there are a lot of areas where people just don't have access to healthy, fresh foods. Uh, you go in some areas, some neighborhoods, where at best they might have a small gas station convenience store that you know, just doesn't have any, any fresh food or fresh produce. And so we are working with neighborhoods to try and bring fresh food to them. We are also have a strong community garden program where we partner with a nonprofit to allow people to get outside and grow their own vegetables. Uh, we have a community incubator kitchen, it's called, where people can come and rent space. So if they do have access to fresh foods and they'd like to make salsa and sell it, they're in a, uh, they're in a space that is licensed by the health department. Um, so it's just so important for, you know, for us to realize that a lot of people talk about sustainability and they're thinking about these great ideas and about renewable power and people getting in their electric cars, but we have to really understand that for a lot of people, sustainability is just getting fresh food on the table. So we have to meet everyone where they are. About three minutes left. I'll start with Baldomero Lago on this. Um, just uh, uh, want um, final thoughts. Uh, the 68th United Nations Civil Society Conference. Uh, what, what's your hope coming out of this? You know, this is a very historic moment, not only for the state of Utah. This is the second time, uh, I believe this is the second largest international gathering after the Olympics, but also it's a very historical moment for the United Nations. Um, to bring uh, this conversation outside uh, the uh, UN headquarters in New York. Um, we, this has been a long project. This has been a project in, in the making for 18 months. Uh, we have conducted multiple town hall meetings throughout our communities, both Salt Lake County as well as Utah County. Uh, we have been able to rally support through universities. We have a lot of the youth involved as well as most, uh, I mean, multiple NGOs uh, and civil societies through our community. Uh, I think this is going to be an exciting, an exciting event. And um, as um, my colleague Vicky indicated, uh, fortunately, registration just closed uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, the United Nations need to vet uh, all the individuals that will be coming just for security reasons. Um, not only that, but we also have reached the maximum capacity for the event. Uh, we expect uh, 5,000 attendees for this event. We have registered more than those individuals, understanding that they're coming from multiple nations and uh, and some of them may not be able to come at the last minute due to multiple restrictions, could be visas, could be personal. Um, at the end of the day, we are very excited. We're very excited because there are going to be two main documents that will be presented at the General Assembly, known as the Salt Lake um, Outcome Document. And one of the agendas will be presented by the NGO and the society at large, as well as the youth uh, will present it, the second document as we have visited. Uh, I think that once again, Salt Lake City will be on the top uh, of the world right there on the marking the side that, yes, we have a voice and that this is the collective voice coming from multiple corners throughout the year. So it's a great honor, it's a great opportunity to move ahead with this conference. And we hope that although many of you will may not be able to attend particular events due to registration limitation, we are planning to have evening events for the community that are open to the public. I hope you just can pull up to our website and uh, please join us at any event that we'll do. Thank you. Okay. And uh, just about a, a minute left, uh, uh, Vicki Bennett, what's, what's your top hope coming out of the, the conference? 
city has been a leader in sustainability, national and international, for years. And this is a fantastic opportunity for us to showcase what we're doing. And I would like to also bring up that we do have a website, our slcgreen.com backslash UN2019, that has information on what we'll be talking about. It has it has links to many of the documents that we'll be referring to. Anyone can look at that. And um, there will be live stream opportunities, and that is something that can be connected through through the UN website. So even if people can't come to the um, to the actual conference, there will be some live streaming available. So we, we really feel like this is something that we can share with the state, we can share with the region, and it's going to be just a thrilling time to meet people from all over the world and compare ideas and understand what their needs are as much as us sharing what ours are. Well, the uh, conference is the 68th United Nations Civil Society Conference, uh, the title Building Inclusive and Sustainable Cities and Communities. It'll be happening in Salt Lake City uh, next week, Monday through Wednesday. Earlier in the program, we talked with Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski, and uh, throughout the program, we've been talking with Vicki Bennett, Salt Lake City Director of Sustainability. Thanks to you. Thanks so much for having me. And Baldomero Lago, who's Chief International Officer at Utah Valley University, has been with us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, sir. And thanks for listening to Access Utah. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan. This is uh, Todd from Highland Park, New Jersey. I listen to Bullseye with Jesse Thorne because he's well-researched. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week, I'm talking with Amy Sherman Palladino. She's the creator of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Plus, Justin Simeon, creator of Dear White People. That's all on the next Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. Saturday afternoon at 1 on Utah Public Radio. Imagine you're in a place where you don't know the language, but you've got an earbud that translates for you in real time. As the information is being processed and, and captured via your earphones and earbuds, that data signal is being sent through your smartphone to the cloud where it's processed and then relays back through the smartphone to the cloud. I'm Kai Rizdal, the complicated tech of translation next time on Marketplace. Tonight at 6.30 on UPR.